the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. KSLR is proud to feature our Church of the Week. Our desire is that you'll get to know the pastors and churches in our community and find a church you and your family can call home. Here's the host of the Church of the Week program, Director of Ministry Development, Mark Longoria. Thank you so much for joining us today. This is Mark Longoria, Director of Ministry Development here at AM630 KSLR, and you are listening to The Word in South Texas. This is your program called Church of the Week, and what we do each and every week right at this time is we focus on different ministries uh, here in the uh, in the San Antonio area because we have found out that uh, a good number of our listeners, we have thousands and thousands of listeners that are listening, but a good number of them uh, don't have a local church. They don't have someone they can go to and call pastor, and they don't have a, a group of people that are brothers and sisters in Christ that they can call their own family. And so if that's you, if you're listening to this program today and you haven't found a local church either because you're new to the area or uh, for whatever the reason might be, um, we encourage you as your radio station that brings you Christian ministry uh, for ministries from around the country, we encourage you to find a local church that you can plug into, get to know the pastor, make him your own personal pastor, learn from, learn from them, and, uh, and just have that fellowship with a, with a bunch of people that just honestly love the Lord, sincerely love God and love you, and uh, just create that fellowship and be a part of the family. So today we want to uh, honor Oxford United Methodist Church. We want to... Uh, uh, let you know about what's going on there at their church, and uh, we have here with us in studio Pastor John Hargis. Pastor, welcome to the studio. Oh, it's a delight, Mark, to be here with you. Thanks for for uh, accepting the invitation. We wanted to make sure that uh, people know what's going on over there in Northwest San Antonio. So, uh, why don't we start out with a little bit about you? Give us a little bit about a background, a little bit of background on yourself, so people get to know who they're listening to. Well, I'm getting to be an old man in a sense. I'm mm-hmm. I'm 59. Um, not as old as it used to be once upon a time, I think. <laughs> but um, I grew up in Oklahoma, uh, way out in the country. My uh, folks were cattle raisers mm-hmm. and uh, grew up out there, went to uh, church out in the country, went to a small high school in Oklahoma, uh, went to Oklahoma Baptist University, interestingly enough, though mm-hmm. I'm a Methodist pastor. Uh, then I attended the Vanderbilt University Divinity School in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Um, later, I became a Methodist pastor here in the southwest portion of Texas. Uh, started in the first uh, of October, nineteen seventy-nine. All right. So I've been a pastor a good long while. I'm married. Um, my wife is uh, Dr. Linda Coffey, uh, a dermatologist here in the city, and in fact the uh, first female dermatologist in in San Antonio. Is that right? Yeah, some of the folks out there may know Linda and have been her patients from from time to time. We have we have five children uh all the way from gosh, how old now? Uh 30 mm, 34 mm. down to 26 good kids. Yeah. We're 
proud of all of them. Any grandchildren? No grandchildren yet. yet. Okay. We've got three daughters who are married. The two boys are not. And uh, the three girls, it's, it's time for them and their husbands to begin to get with it, I yeah. think, because uh, we're looking forward to having some grandchildren All right. sometime. Awesome. So how long have you been here at uh, Oxford? I've been at Oxford for three years now. Yeah. Did people just call it Oxford? Is, well, is that proper? I, I think Oxford would be, be okay. good enough. You know, it's the, <laughs> it's the Oxford United Methodist Church. Oftentimes, yes. people, you know, they'll drop the Oxford out, and they'll, they'll talk about, I mean, the United out, yeah. and they'll talk about the Oxford Methodist Church. Uh-huh. But, um, you know, anything's fine, yeah. just as long as they know what they're talking about. Right. Well, I've had the opportunity to drive by there. I haven't had uh, the opportunity yet to go in and take a look at the facility, but it's a, it's a nice building from the outside. Uh, it was built about, gosh, I don't know, five years ago now, mm-hmm. a couple of years before I I came on board, and it's it's a lovely place to be well, able to worship. Give us a little bit of the uh, history of the church itself. Well, Oxford was begun in, well, I think it was 19... 19- 57, when uh, Hebner Road out in northwest uh, San Antonio was still out in the countryside. Mm. Um, and so it started as a small church out in the country and um, has continued there. We've had a uh, number of facilities that uh, we've been able to worship in. They had started out in some old army barracks and yeah. then built a new sanctuary and a uh, gymnasium and moved into the gym started uh contemporary worship service and then like i say uh five years ago they built the new sanctuary there had a number of pastors uh, appointed to the church i don't know if you or your listeners are aware that as a united methodist church our pastors are appointed to the church Mm -hmm. by the bishop so uh um it's been there for, what, 55 years? Wow. And we'll be celebrating our anniversary in uh, about four weeks. Yeah. So you've been there three years, you said? Yes, sir. Tell me about uh, your experience in these past three years. How have you seen the church grow? How has it changed? The dynamics of it, the uh, culture. Tell us about uh, the church itself, the people. Well, I tell you, they're a, a great group of folks. We've got uh, people of of all ages. We've got older adults and, uh, you know, people who are younger and a good, strong bunch of of youth and and children as well. Um, Our youth group is uh, quite interesting in that uh, many of them come without uh, their parents uh, bringing them. Oh, yeah? Yeah. um, They'll... uh, get to talking to one another at at school and they'll bring somebody who will come and maybe that person will come and bring a girlfriend or boyfriend you know and then they'll break up as teenagers tend to do and (laughs) and then sometimes that uh, girlfriend or boyfriend will will stick around so uh it's uh quite astonishing our our youth are pretty evangelical and will bring one another um to to the church and kind of proud of them. That's great. In in that regard, they're all uh, pretty um, self-starting mm-hmm. in um, in that regard. It's a a medium-sized church. 
you know, we have about 230 people who come uh, for worship. Um, I think it's a hospitable church. That's mm. one of the uh, things that people often will tell me about yeah. the church. And we try to be somewhat self-conscious about that and try to train <clears throat> our ushers and greeters uh, in that regard. Mm-hmm. We have... Um, you know, a pretty nice choir, I think, at our our nine uh, fifteen worship service, and uh, have a great band at eleven thirty. So uh, nine fifteen is your traditional. That's worship our traditional service. worship yeah. service, yes, mm-hmm. and you know, uh, organ and yeah. piano and choir and yeah, you know, choir uh, sometimes, not always, and robed up, you yeah. know, and sure. little older audience uh-huh. oftentimes at, at that service. Though, interestingly enough, a, a lot of of younger people still today, they, they like a traditional worship service, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, and then you have your contemporary, contemporary uh, worship service starts at 1130 on Sundays. That's at 1130. Uh, I like to think that... Uh, if uh, somebody wants to kind of take it easy on Sunday mornings and get a little rest, they can still be up in time for an 1130 yeah. worship service. We have a very fine band that uh, plays at that time. Some of the listeners may know Pat and Michelle Carey, mm-hmm. who are uh, leaders uh, in the band because they're both core members of uh, a group here in town called PM Soul, mm. which is a professional uh, jazz and soul uh, group, mm-hmm. and uh, play at various places. Nice roundabout. So they get a great sound, and uh, but they're also, uh, of course, very enthusiastic about the worship that they are mm-hmm. that they're leading. So. Uh, so someone that comes in, whether it's the traditional or, or the contemporary service, uh, what can they expect? They walk in through the doors, and what would be some of the things that they can expect to experience there at Oxford? Well, they're going to uh, receive a, a warm welcome, I think. They'll be ushered into um, a lovely sanctuary. Uh, there will be, you know, there will be announcements of what's going on in the church and bringing them up to speed on all that. And then we will praise God in in ways appropriate to uh, the different kinds of worship services. Mm-hmm. In the first service, of course, we'll sing the traditional hymns. And in the, the later service, we'll have uh, songs that are more contemporary and, and lively. Um, you know, the, the prayers are pretty well thought out. Um, you know, we'll have... Um, appropriate amount of scripture that's read. Um, I usually preach 20, 25 minutes or so. My goal is, uh, in the preaching, uh, my goal is that if, um, let's say, St. Augustine or Martin Luther or St. Paul were miraculously transported into our sanctuary that morning, Mm -hmm. I would want them to be able to leave saying, now that that really was the gospel. Yeah. Um, they might see the forms of worship as somewhat different 
but I would want them to to have the sense that in its um, essence it was it was what um, they had preached and mm-hmm. taught. We do um, say the Apostles' Creed and the Nicene Creed in our worship services. Um, you know the because of their age and tradition and uh, Western churches that is, you know, in Europe and America have been reciting the Apostles' Creed since the second century mm-hmm. and the Nicene Creed since the, well, early fourth. And so I want us to have a sense, I want our worshipers to have a sense that um, we're covering the whole of of the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, so a warm experience, uh, an informed experience uh, where the leadership, I think, has given serious consideration to what it is that we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Do you guys, do your, does your church carry a certain theme? There are some, um, just generally speaking, there are some churches that are very much into prayer. That's like a big big thing. There are some of the churches where it's very much into the, the deep Bible studies and going down to the Hebrew and the Greek. And uh, just, is there a certain thing that you guys really like to just bite down on and focus in on? You know, that's that's a kind of a hard question to to answer. You know, I do, I know what you're talking about. Uh, some churches seem to focus on one thing or mm-hmm. the other. Um, Not that that's all they would do, but they yeah, kind of yeah, like a forte. I, I, I know what, you, what you're talking about. We have self-consciously uh, lately uh, tried to um, make sure that we are focusing attention on several areas of ministry. We're, we're hoping to be uh, balanced in, in our mission. We have, in fact, come up with... Uh, a mission statement wherein uh, we'd say that our mission is to bring people to Jesus and the church, build them up to Christian maturity, train them for ministry, send them out in mission so that whosoever will may glorify God and enjoy him forever. Mm-hmm. And so those uh, five or maybe we could say six different aspects of ministry, we hope all will receive uh, some kind of emphasis um, within uh, our congregation. I really like that and appreciate it because um, I think sometimes we as Christians think that we're we're doing our Christian duty to come in on Sunday morning and sit at the pew and sing a few songs and listen to somebody give us a, a sermon and we walk away and think, well, that's, that's what Christians do. Uh, uh, week after week, Sunday after Sunday, that's what we do. But there's really what you just mentioned in, in your mission is to e- to equip them, as Ephesians says, equip them to go out and do the work of the ministry. You said to send them out. Right. Now, I, I'm not going to tell you that we're always successful at that. Sure. You know, um, I think it's very easy for any church, and uh, ours uh, falls prey to this too, to focus our attention on our life together. Um, You know, we will come to church, and we will find there the people that we know Mm -hmm. and and love. And it's very easy to be um, 
dare I say it, it's it's easy to be seduced by by that. Mm-hmm. I mean, because it is a, a wonderful thing. I mean, fellowship oh, yeah. uh, within a church is 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 central, mm-hmm. particularly in a very large city like this, uh, like San Antonio. We need a community in which we can be a part, where we can uh, be known and feel loved and gain uh, strength from that. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, the temptation uh, is with us, as it is with everybody, to uh, to let that be the be-all and end-all yeah. of, of church life. So we are trying to focus our attention in a more outward um, kind of direction. Yeah, not everybody's going to be sent out to a missions to be a missionary in Zimbabwe or something. But right. we, you know, we can go out every day out of our homes and into the marketplace. Yeah, yeah. and that's our mission ground. We can that's, go out there. That's right. And we are trying to do some things um, very specifically. Hmm. We um, have, for any number of years, been sending our youth on mission trips, mm-hmm. oftentimes out of state. I mean, which is a good thing. They get to, you know, know one another more and better, and that's always good for youth to have overnight experiences. Yeah. But uh, it gives them a, a, a sense of uh, of a mission enterprise. It also equips them, you know, and they come back uh, and work in our own uh, vacation Bible school in the summer and uh, frankly, we're we're a church where we've got 220, 30 people in worship, and we'll have a vacation Bible school of uh, 175 wow. or so, which is a pretty good number. And our youth, you know, are playing an important role. Uh, our teenagers is what I'm meaning to say. Right. Will play an important role in supporting of that. We're also trying to send adults uh, into other states in order to be in mission. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we also have, uh, our church is very um, uh, glad to be able to support a local food bank, which we have, or a food pantry in our own church. Great. And our Sunday school classes are very good about uh, supplying that food, and we have people coming in uh, regularly to avail themselves of that service. We have... Uh, you know, any number of people working on a Meals on Wheels program, mm-hmm. you know, that feeding program right. for our part of the city comes into our church. And, uh, you know, we uh, are glad to be able to support that. Mm-hmm. Um, the YMCA uh, is able to use our facilities during the summer and winter and spring breaks in terms of uh, serving the needs of uh, children and youth that's great during those those times uh, we have a mother's day out program interestingly enough in in our part of the city we have a large indian population really and uh i look at my mother's day out program and uh i bet three-fourths of them are indian is that right yeah yeah it's it's kind of fun and i'll do children's uh chapel with them Wow. Uh, each each Tuesday morning, and I'll look out, and I'll I'll have my little Indian congregation, kind of. So that's kind of fun. That's cool. Uh, you know, another thing we do that uh, I'm kind of proud of, um, and and all we really do is is provide space. But the Sant 
Mary's Syrian Orthodox Church meets in the chapel hmm. on our campus. Uh, and interestingly enough, over half, well over half the members worldwide of the Syrian Orthodox Church are Indian. Hmm. So we have basically an Indian Christian church wow. that meets on our uh, on our grounds. Do they technically well. fall under the umbrella of the Methodist? Church? Oh gracious, no, no, no. no. This is uh, it's an Oriental yeah. uh, Orthodox wow. church. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's a of course it's a Christian church, but yeah. uh, their ways of worshiping, their liturgy, even the the language. They use in worship. I mean, we're we're talking real orthodox, way <laughs> different. Yeah, you know, we're brothers and sisters in Christ, but uh, there is no resemblance in worship wow. style, really, whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, but it is, um, you know, it is a mark, I think, of uh, well, ecumenicity or uh, that sense of that we are a part of a worldwide mm-hmm. church, that, yes. that Christ includes people of every nation and, and race and, and language and, 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 frankly, worship style yeah. as well. Yeah. So uh, we're thrilled to be able to be hosts uh, for them, you know, until they have their own facility. Mm-hmm. Very so, good. And You've been listening to Pastor John Hargis, uh, pa- uh, pastor over at Oxford United Methodist Church, uh, and you're listening here to AM630 KSLR. We're bringing you this program called Church of the Week. We're honored to feature them and uh, give you an opportunity to learn more about what is going on inside Oxford United Methodist Church. Pastor, let's go back to you and ask. I want to ask you, what keeps you going? At the end of the day, when church is over, people are gone, you're headed back home, what keeps you going and what gives you that satisfaction that you know things are going well and that you're at a good place. Well, you know, I I felt the call to the ministry when I was 16 years old. Yeah. It has always been um central since that time uh to my identity and to be able to study the Bible uh in the daytime to prepare to preach on Sunday mornings to have a, uh, occasion to talk with people or to visit them or, you know, to go to see people uh, when they're in the hospital. Um, that's, that's very meaningful uh, to me. It always has been, and, you know, I've sometimes thought that um, if by some miracle I were to live my life over again, you know, I think I'd... I'd I'd choose to be a pastor all over if yeah. I were 21 years old. That's uh-huh. what I think I'd still want to do. Uh, it's a great, great job and uh, vocation. And, in fact, um, if there's some young person out there, some listener who's uh, thinking about what it is that God wants them to do and wonders if, well, you think maybe this is right for me, uh, I'm willing to testify to them that this is uh, a wonderful, wonderful life. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's uh, I'm reminded of the story in uh, the fourth chapter of Matthew when, when Jesus was tested in the wilderness. 
you know, now he experienced something far beyond anything I've ever experienced. But he, he was up to the challenges that were before him. And then after uh, the devil left him, uh, the angels came and ministered yes. to him. Um, you know, sometimes there's this, um, there's this kind of satisfaction that comes for which there is no really good logical mm-hmm. explanation, I think. I just feel lucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel so lucky that God called me into the ministry. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, people are, are regularly kind uh, to me and they're supportive of what I do and what I'm about and Praise God. It's, it's, it's a great life. That's awesome. Well, we're happy for you. And uh, as we wrap up uh, our time here together, uh, we just want to let you know that we're praying for you, praying for well, the ministry. You. And we just uh, pray thank that you. God's you. blessings just continue to fall upon you guys. Well, thank you for including us in, you in your ministry. And we appreciate what you're doing for San Antonio and all the surrounding area. All Thank right. you, Mark. You bet. Thank you. Well, for everyone that's listening, I want you to uh, make sure that you get this information down, because if you have not been out over by uh, Oxford United Methodist Church, you've got to run by there and uh, get to meet Pastor John Hargis in person. Let him know you heard, his, you heard him on the radio station and uh, just find out more about uh, what's going on there uh, at, the, at the church. The address is 9655 Hebner Road. That's 9655 Hebner Road. Uh, here in northwest San Antonio, and uh, if you want to give them a call, get some more information on the phone, you can do so by calling area code 210-696-0192. And of course, they are available online. You've got plenty of stuff there you can look at it by just uh, going online. You can listen to some of the sermons, find out more about the different events and things that they've got going on, and that is going to be found at oxfordumc.org. That's OxfordUMC.org. So run through the uh, Sunday uh, schedule, Pastor. Well, we have worship at, uh, traditional worship at 9.15. Children may come to that and then go away. That's up through the fifth grade to Children's Church. Mm -hmm. We have Sunday school for all ages at 10.30, and then we'll have contemporary worship at 11.30. All right. Okay, well, thank you very much for being here, and uh, for everyone out there, we invite you. On behalf of AM630 KSLR, we want to make sure that you know that you are invited to go out and visit Pastor John Hargis over at Oxford United Methodist Church. Pastor, thank you so much for joining us. My real pleasure to be here, Mark. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today as we featured the AM630 KSLR Church of the Week. We hope that during this past half hour, you've got a chance to get to know the pastor and learn something about their church. We encourage you to get involved in your local community church. If you would like to nominate your pastor to be featured on an upcoming Church of the Week program, submit your nominations at kslr.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.